right, glad you're with us. We got a lot of information we're going to be passing on to you today. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free number. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, we'll go over. Republicans better, better fix the, the, the institutional problems like, oh, voter ID. Oh, purging uh, of the voter rolls. Oh, mail-in balloting that even the New York Times recognized was... Yeah, that is uh, opened you up to uh, substantial chances of increase in fraud. New York Times said that. Um, I but I've been spending now, and I've been a little frustrated. You can ask Linda about this because if you go back through the entire Russia, 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 Ukraine, Ukraine, we do different coverage than the mob. I, you know, on my own little island here with our own little team of researchers. And I, I, you know, we ended up getting everything right on Russia. And there's a reason, just like we end up getting things right on a lot of topics that the, the media mob gets wrong. Like we told you that Donald Trump could win in 2016, warning you about uh, the potential for fraud in elections, warning you about that, too. Um, how we got, how do we get Ferguson right? How did we get Baltimore right? How do we get Duke lacrosse right? How do we get UVA right? How do we get all these cases right when everybody else in the mob, they rush to judgment, et cetera, because we do our work and there's, and it's not just me. I got to give credit to a lot of people on radio and TV. My great staff, again, working 24 seven, Linda can barely keep her eyes open at this point. Um, and I'm kind of in the same position. Because we've been now dig, doing a deep, deep dive into a lot of issues that really are alarming as it relates to this election. And Lindsey Graham is right. And by the way, Lindsey, to his credit, he gave a, a million dollars to the Senate campaign of uh, the two runoff races in Georgia, uh, Loeffler and Purdue, because, yeah, those, that's, that's going to matter an awful lot. The fact that we have states that can get everything right and perfectly done and get a result that everybody has belief in the integrity and the confidence in should be universal in this country. I have pointed out to you the September 23rd, 2020, um, uh, put out by the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan and company how Democrats are attempting to sow uncertainty, inaccuracy, and delay in the 2020 election. And it went into every specific detail. I'm going to go over that in detail. We're going to go over what laws better be passed, or Lindsey Graham is right, we'll never, as Republicans or conservatives, ever win the White House again. Many of you feel that this election was unfair and you are right to feel that way for a majority for a lot of different reasons. When you don't have voter ID laws, you have mass mail in ballot ballots, millions and millions of ballots cast everywhere uh, and everything else that we've been chronicling. If you don't subject people to the law where the statutory legal uh, standards for observation of ballots were not met in all the states that matter in this election, you have reason to believe if the law is not followed, it is unfair. Or if you have uh, either the judiciary or a governor just decide to extend the acceptance of ballots, which is the pending case before the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania, you have every right not to think that this is fair because it's not fair. 
And then when you get into a deeper dive, you should be even more alarmed. Now, Senator Ted Cruz, he demanded an investigation. You've heard about this Dominion company, this Dominion Voting Systems company that wrongly gave. Remember, we had on this woman. Let me play for you. She was on this program. She gave a press conference head of the GOP in Michigan. Dominion software used in the 6,000 vote glitch in one county in Michigan, over 40 counties in Michigan, happened to use Dominion software. John Solomon discovered 28 states actually used the same software. And then wait do you hear what the Secretary of State had to say in the state of Texas about looking into Dominion software for that state and why they rejected it only one year ago. Listen. If all this wasn't enough, in Antrim County... Ballots were counted for Democrats that were meant for Republicans, causing a 6,000 vote swing against our candidates. The county clerk came forward and said tabulating software glitched and caused a miscalculation of the votes. Since then, we have now discovered that 47 counties use this same software in the same capacity. Antrim County had to hand count all of the ballots. And these counties that use this software need to closely examine their results for similar discrepancies. The people of Michigan deserve a transparent and open process. That's what every American should want. At the end of the day, put aside the personalities in this election. Put Biden and Trump for a second. That's not it. You know, if you go back and you think about did did Democrats really care about Russian interference in 2016 or did they only care about nailing Donald Trump and delegitimizing him, making it, a you know, questioning the legitimacy of his 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 win, his mandate that he wanted to became president? Because when the dirty Russian disinformation dossier came out, I don't know hardly anyone besides us that called that out. And we hammered away at it for three long years, and everything that we said that we found ahead of everybody else turned out to be accurate and true. They didn't care about whether Russia interfered. They only cared if they could bludgeon Donald Trump with it. Just like with, you know, quid pro quos and a hearsay whistleblower. They don't care about whistleblowers because we got now... Hundreds of people signing affidavits about what they witnessed in terms of, well, I was a partisan observer. The law says I can observe. They didn't let me observe. Nobody's being put on these other fake news networks and big tech companies are even censoring anybody from saying it on social media. This is how insane this is getting. So, yeah, I think the report, which we're going to go through in a little while, shows, wow, their key conclusions were were absolutely accurate. Now, so we've heard a lot about this system glitch. I don't even call it a glitch. It's a it's a it's a programming system. All right. And so the Texas Secretary of State, this goes back November 4th, 2019, one year and a day from this past election. That's it a year ago. And what they did is they did a report examined uh, an examination which took place in October second and third 2019 in the office of the texas secretary of state at the james e rudder building anyway and during this the examiners appointed by the texas secretary of state and the texas attorney general examined democracy suite 5.5 a that's their system it's a voting system that was presented 
by Dominion Voting Systems for the certification in Texas. The following hardware and software components were examined. They list it. For the, and then they have some background. Dominion Voting Systems previously sought certification in Texas and their 5.5 voting system in January 2019. That certification was denied. The voting system was the subject of an examination. They come back with 5.5A. They Basically, I assume they're saying that we fixed it and was certified by the U.S. Election Assistance Commission on January 30th, 2019. Now, they did their examination, October of 2019. The first day of the exam involved the installation of the software and firmware from Democracy Suite 5.5A using the trust trusted build provided to our office by the testing lab during the installation of the adjudication software on the EMS server the installation failed multiple times as a result the system needed to be fully wiped and required a full reinstallation of all EMS software including a Windows operating system they had to go back to basics the installation failed again on the first attempt after the full reinstallation, but succeeded on the second attempt. Before the beginning of the vendor presentation on the second day of the exam, I conducted the accessibility testing and tested the visually impaired functions, the sip and puff controller and the paddle controller. The system performed well during the accessibility testing and presented no issues. On the second day of the exam, the vendor provided a presentation of the software and the updates involved in the current version Uh, that they were presenting, 5.5A in other words, and noted that the only difference between the one that they denied in January and the one they have in June was an update to instructions relating to straight party voting on some computer term here. No other changes from Democracy 5.5 were included in the update of 5.5A. All right, it goes on. After the vendor presentation, the examiners tested the equipment by voting a series of test ballots, compared the results of those test ballots. The examiners also conducted additional testing of various components of the system. I know this is hard. Reading is hard on radio. Stay with me. The standards for a voting system in Texas are outlined in Texas Election Code 122. Specifically, the system may only be certified for use in Texas if it satisfies each of an enumerated list of requirements contained in Texas election code. They label the code because the system does not satisfy each of those requirements. I would recommend against certification of the system in the examination of democracy suite 5.5 that took place in January, 2019, myself and other examiners noted a number of issues that led us led to to each of us recommending that certification for that system be denied. The system that we reviewed in this examination, Democracy Suite 5.5A, did not contain any changes that addressed the issues identified in those examiner reports. The system that we reviewed in this examination was certified by the EAC on January 30th, 2019, which was approximately two weeks before our examiner reports from the previous examination were completed February 16, 2019. Therefore, it is impossible for this system to have addressed any issues in response to the issues raised in those examiner reports because this version was finalized and certified by the EAC before those reports were ever published. And it goes on. 
Some of the issues that we encountered in the previous exam could be attributed to errors in presentation or configuration in the previous exam that were not reproduced in this exam. The issue with the image quality generated uh, in the previous exam did not occur in this exam. Bender indicated the issue occurred in a previous exam may have been by damage to the device in transit or an exam used. Here's the bottom line. I can keep going. I'll give you more highlights. They rejected it. Then you have a problem in Michigan. It was used in 47 of the 80 some odd counties of Michigan. Then you have the 6,000 vote switch. Now, I'm not one that's Pollyannish or to bring false hope. I just want a full accounting. We know laws were not were violated. We know that partisan observers by statutory mandate are, are allowed to watch the whole counting process. We know that didn't happen. We know and we have all these affidavits now that are accumulating in every state. We have these lawsuits. We know the statutory deadline was, I would argue, very clearly unconstitutionally extended in Pennsylvania. What good is it if the American people, if you feel this election was unfair? Well, if you don't follow the laws, it's unfair. Proving fraud When people sign an affidavit under the threat of perjury and going to jail, that's pretty compelling to me. Well, if you have five or ten people, eh, I don't know. If you have 234 in one county in Detroit, uh, that's a lot of people. When you have laws that say you have open transparency for the public to even look in, and then you have people covering up the windows, that's a problem, too. Um. And but the saddest part is, is there's one party that doesn't want voter ID laws There's one party that wants mass mail in ballots that even The New York Times says is way more susceptible to fraud. One party that only cares about the outcome. Only one party only cared about Trump and Russia. One party only cared about Trump and a potential quid pro quo and ignored the real one. One party aided and abetted by a corrupt mob, and now by big tech. A lot more coming. 800-941-SEAN. And we have some experts that are going to weigh in on this today and get their thoughts on it. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. News information. The mob, the media will never give you. You know, it's, it's why we do things our way and we try to get to the bottom of things. It's the mob and the media could do this. They don't want to do this. They just want to just wave their hand. We, we won. We won. We won. It's over. <laughs> the same people that never accepted Donald Trump as president for four years lied to you for three of the four years. Four separate investigations, uh, all proving there was no evidence of any Trump-Russia collusion. But did they care about Russia? No, they did not. They didn't care because we had a dirty Russian dossier that Hillary bought They never said a word. The mob, the media protected Hillary Clinton. Ukraine, well, there's a phone call. We have a hearsay whistleblower, only one fact witness. What did the one fact witness say? Short of the hearsay whistleblowers and hearsay witnesses and opinion witnesses. What did they say? No, it doesn't matter what they say. But then you got Joe on tape. You got six hours. You're not getting a billion dollars. Unless you fire that prosecutor, we learned was investigating zero experience hunter. They didn't care. They don't care about 
oh, the integrity, this is outrageous. It's all feigned, phony, selective moral outrage. So, you know, for us, you know, the 71 and a half million people, whatever it is, 72 million, I haven't looked at the latest numbers that went out and wanted Donald Trump to be elected president again. We deserve answers and we better get the answers. You know, this whole system, they go through this whole litany in this uh, out of Texas. And when they rejected Dominion's, you know, voting systems of why they did it. The system system required a technician to manually install every component of the system, including individual system fonts at a very specific order. The designer of the installer makes this a fairly confusing process for the technician. They give examples. One point, the technician is required to install the second item on the install list, then the first, then the third for the system in that exact sequence for the installation to function properly. It's a questionable design choice that is indicative of several similar choices that creates unnecessary complications that are likely to confuse users and result in incorrect installation of system components. This is one year ago, Texas rejecting Dominion voting systems. Pretty interesting. So, you know, one of the great things about and I'm not the computer genius. I'm not. Senator Cruz rightly said there should be an investigation of the voting machine system that wrongly gave a county to Joe Biden. And I think that is don't don't do they not want free, fair elections that people believe have integrity and they can have confidence in, in the result. And if you feel that this is all fundamentally unfair, you are right to feel that way, because that's how I feel. Not because not because of me, but. How could you have confidence in this? You know, you go back and and this is where, you know, and apparently, by the way, there's there's talk that there might be some whistleblowers coming out and we want to know what they have to say. As I understand, Georgia just accepted this for all one hundred and fifty nine counties that they have this whole Dominion software system. OK, let's see. I do, does it mean anything nefarious happened? Nope. Does it raise questions in light of what Texas had decided a year ago? Yes. Does it raise questions based on what Laura Cox told us happened in Michigan? Absolutely. But in 2019, the Texas Secretary of State, we have the entire report right in front of us. They were denied on two separate occasions. A test conducted January 16th and 17th of 2019 on Democracy Suite 5.5, which the website notes was denied in June of 2019. Then they came up with an updated system that they said really wasn't updated, 5.5A, which the website notes was denied as its current status. And as noted, the Democracy Suite 5.5A system is an updated version of their 5.5 system, which was denied just months earlier. By the way, it was also rejected in 2013. Another Dominion system presented to the Texas Secretary of State office, by the way, Has anyone had any questions about the voting integrity in Texas? Nope. Anyone have it in Florida? Nope. Two time zones, a higher elderly percentage uh, of the population, higher population. They got it done and we had the results like eh, an hour later. We knew it was over what the results were after the election was finished. Like so many other states, they get it done and get it done right. You know, the American people have to have integrity in their system. 
you know, Dominion Voting Systems and their thousands of election customers across the nation are committed, they say, to ensuring voter confidence. Well, okay, um, you know, what do you want me to say to that? I don't really have confidence reading what I'm reading. Why did one state a year ago say no? No, thank you. You know, and then you go back to some important questions here. Why is it there is this fierce resistance? Think about this to voter ID. Now, I'll give you an example. Democrats, if, uh, all the years that I've gone to Democratic national conventions, I know it's hell. It's, I call it hell week. Uh, but I do it because I love you in this audience. And we do our radio show from there. We do our TV show from there. And we go to, you know, do our job. But to get into the Democratic National Committee thing, I, I need a photo ID. I need to have clearance ahead of time. And then I have to go through a metal detector. And then I usually get wanded. They say, hi, Mr. Hannity. And then they start wanding. And then they check my ID. And then I walk through the metal detector. And then they let me in. And then I'm surrounded by 50 people, uh, which is the weirdest experience because I don't live my life like that. Anyway, so, you know, there was a great piece. Where was it? I guess it was on the blaze. I don't know who wrote it, and I apologize. I'm not, you know, we always like to give attribution. Nine laws Republicans better pass if they want to end all voter fraud. One issue of voter ID to all registered voters. What party is against that? We already know the answer. Prohibit mail-in ballots for federal elections. Why did the Democrats want to send out millions of ballots that in some cases weren't even requested? We have a system for absentee ballots. We have a signature matching system and signature verification system. This was what bothered me with the lawsuit in Georgia. And I don't know why the secretary of state agreed to a settlement that allowed two separate systems, not exactly equal justice in, in the great state of Georgia, whereby everybody that voted same day, their their signature verification went through one system but they made an accommodation after a lawsuit from the Georgia Democratic Party, the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee, Congressional Campaign Committees. And they said, well, whoever files for a mail-in ballot, as long as the application matches what's on the ballot, that would suffice. And it wouldn't be run through the same system as the rest of the people of Georgia that voted in person. Doesn't exactly sound equal and fair, does it? Anyway, if you don't if you allow the millions of ballots to be set out, the New York Times, I'll quote them. They're the ones you increase substantially the potential for fraud. Absentee balloting should be limited to individuals who cannot legitimately vote in person. We can do that. We've proven we can do that and do that with integrity and confidence. Your ballot harvesting. Yeah, I would say that has to be banned. In other words, nursing homes, similar institutions can be exempted from the prohibition. But there's got to be a check and balance. And just like you're allowed partisan observers that are legally allowed to watch the vote from start to finish, I think all guards, I think you need to guard every single drop-off box 24-7. I think you have to have partisans with the ballots from the minute they are received until the minute that they are counted to the minute that they are stored and while they're stored in case there's a recount. You want integrity in voting? That's what I would do. Early voting? Why are we voting early when we don't have a even have a final debate in why are we voting early when we don't see what remember george remember it was george bush i guess the dui allegation came out in the weekend before the election in 2000 
Well, what about if there's 100 million people already voted? They would vote without that knowledge. I don't think we should have early voting. Six weeks, four weeks, three weeks, two weeks. You know, what about authorizing the proof of citizenship to vote? Because we know in a lot of states and sanctuary states and cities, people can get driver's licenses that, that are legal. Does that mean that they could use that as ID to then get signed up to vote when they're not legally a citizen? What about these motor voter laws that Democrats have wanted or requiring body cameras on vote counters and processors? By the way, the counts that have been going on in Arizona, they film the whole thing. You can watch it online. Good for them. Good for Arizona for doing it, whether regardless how it comes out. Interesting that Biden's uh, apparently new chief of staff, the same genius that said we did everything wrong with H1N1, uh, literally, you know, has said that elections are routinely rigged. Oh, the new chief of staff of Joe Biden said that. Yeah. Back in 2014, Vox published an article based on a finding from a Rasmussen poll with the headline, 68% of Americans think elections are rigged. That's because they are, he said. Wow. I guess he agrees with Donald Trump. Um, But the question you also have to ask yourself as affidavits now are being filed because it takes a long time. And, you know, that's under the threat of perjury. That's pretty compelling to me. Does it guarantee legitimacy? No. But if you have three people, that's one story. If you have 300 people, now we got a whole different story. Or if you have 234 people signed legal affidavits under the threat of perjury, that's pretty compelling to me. And what did they say in this September 23rd, 2020 report, Jim Jordan's Judiciary Committee? They said Democrats refused to clean up outdated, inaccurate voter registration rolls, create serious problems. And we're listing all the dead people we're finding as we find them that voted in this election. I love people 120 years old voting. Amazing. Um, And then you have contrary to Democratic claims and abundant of evidence of mail-in election crimes and administrative errors. Well, they're just agreeing with the New York Times on that. And mail-in ballots for the November elections. There's a reason the Democrats wanted the chaos that they'd even withhold funding for COVID-19 relief. That's when the first bill was being passed for businesses and Americans. Why would they... Why they hold up funding for Americans to change voting laws? Because they knew it would benefit them when the election came up. I guess they're a lot better at this than Republicans are. Some states have mail-in ballot request deadlines that make it logistically unlikely that votes will be received in time to be counted. You know, I know the state legislatures are responsible for this, but we've got to be very careful here. You know, we have to have some standard so that at the end of the process, the American people believe in its integrity. The American people believe in and have confidence in the results that it's real. And by the way, to get lectured by the mob and the media or big tech or Democrats after the way they behaved the last five years is beyond insulting. If you want to know the truth. Anyway, the increase in mail-in voting. Look, before the last debate, how many people had voted before? At least 70, 75 million people. A lot happened in that second debate. Very different debate. Contrary to Democratic claims, recent examples of voter election crimes, we've chronicled all of that in the lead-up to this election. Mail-in voting will suffer from inaccurate, outdated voter registration rolls. Why can't we clean them up? 
Why aren't we committed to cleaning it up? Why wouldn't Democrats want to clean them up? Mail-in voting suffer from unaccounted for missing ballots. Why don't we have people, partisans on both sides, watching it from the minute it arrives or watching these drop-off centers so people can't come and backload a truck with a million you know, votes in it, for crying out loud. All right, a lot coming up. We have our computer experts, James O'Keefe, uh, an update on this case in Pennsylvania and others, and much, much more, 800-941-SHAWN. Oh, wait, I got another minute. All right, quickly. Oh, let's say hi to uh, Lamar, South Carolina. A minute for you, Lamar. How's that? I've got my timing all messed up. Yeah, Sean. Uh, just wanted to see if you thought that we can have reasonable confidence in the integrity of these audits. Uh, if there's going to be you know bipartisan overs- oversight of these audits themselves, um, you know, is is the audit audit a fair process? I mean, all right. Let's take for example the election laws that allow partisan observers that you know all these people that you've seen and heard saying they they weren't allowed to observe. Okay. All right, they weren't allowed to observe, then the votes are counted. Okay, was anything, what, what happened in the interim? What was going on when they couldn't see or they were kept away? It's still, you know, I, at that point, you never recapture the one moment of opportunity to have the faith, trust, integrity, and confidence that we should all have. Glad you're with us, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. We're going to have a whole new pile, a bit of information tonight as it relates to yeah, a lot more affidavits signed by real people telling what they really saw that would, that shouldn't be happening during our election process. Uh, you know, we the very strange and very bizarre, if you will, even will, um, Project Veritas and James O'Keefe, we're going to get to James in a second here, this case of Richard Hopkins, United States Postal Service whistleblower. Okay, what did he say? Yeah, I've heard the guys talking about, uh, yeah, changing the postmarks of the election. Huh? And then all of a sudden, the feds start interrogating him. And that tape now has come out. Then the Washington Post writes a piece saying he recants his story. That's what they said. And then it's like, uh, then he goes back and he says, no, I never recanted. Anyway, so, and they're putting, well, we, we put this pressure on you and all this other stuff that we've been playing here. I'm trying to twist you. I'm, I'm scaring you here. I'm like, it's so bizarre. Why would investigators be trying to scare somebody? I thought we gave great respect and put on a pedestal whistleblowers. I thought Democrats did. Anyway, so the federal investigator is, you know, this storm is going to get crazy, right? It's a lot of uh, people's out of the pe- lot of people's control. And the reason they call me is to try and harness that swarm and reel it back in before it gets really crazy. Federal investigator saying I'm actually trying to twist you a little bit because uh, in that, believe it or not, your mind will kick in. Was his mind kicked out? Did his mind go on vacation and we didn't know about it? And, uh, you know, I'm scaring you here. Uh, you know, if we're not a thousand percent accurate with our honesty and it can be argued that money was gained by and I'm, I'm going to say assumptions, they're going to say deceptions. Okay, I believe you. I believe you, you know, in this corner. Anyway, I want to just play for you the the inspector general of the Postal Service suggesting that he was embellishing his story. Listen. What I've gone through and what I sort of did my little research on and whatnot is 
my interpretation, this is me being upfront with you, not me putting you on the hot spot, but just me putting up front with you, is you have valid reason for your uh, emotions. I think you're, you and I are going to find out that we are pretty similar on some things, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, beyond the core, I don't want to say this because I don't want to insult you, but I'm just going to insult you and then we'll deal with it later, okay? <laughs> beyond the core, there may have been a little embellishment. And I just want to make sure that there hasn't been. And I just want to make sure if there is, we get rid of that right now so that anything that goes on after this, like I said, is you're, you're standing on solid ground. Fair? You, you, you understand where I'm coming from? Yes. Okay. Now, that is the United States Postal Service Investor Inspector General admitting to Richard Hopkins that he's trying to twist his arm a little bit and all that I said. Anyway, here for an update on it is uh, James O'Keefe. He's the founder, CEO of Project Veritas. Um, and then the Washington Post said he recanted, and, and then he said to you, James, that he didn't recant. Why would they be pressuring him and twisting his arm? Now, if he's lying to a federal agent, that in and of itself is a crime, isn't it? Uh, it is. Sean, but uh, the reason why they're trying to do that is because uh, this this federal agent, Russell Strasser, is the fixer. He's got a Twitter account, which he's now taken down, and he was very anti-Trump. And he admits here, he says that the Department of Justice is involved, senators involved. Senator Lindsey Graham cited this whistleblower's affidavit in Pennsylvania saying they were backdating ballots from the 4th to the 3rd. Richard Hopkins, the letter carrier, overheard the postmaster instructs the supervisor regarding this. We've had a couple different people say this is happening in, in Michigan and Pennsylvania. So this fixer, this, in, this federal agent, Russell Strasser, spends four hours in a room with Richard Hopkins. Richard Hopkins is a normal guy. He's from Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, he never asked to go public, and they've intimidated him. And this is an extraordinary recording because you never really hear something like this, but Richard recorded it on his phone and gave it to Project Veritas. The inspectors interrogated Hopkins, knew better, but refused to let him speak with his attorneys, uh, didn't really let him leave, and they, and they didn't give him a copy of what he was forced to sign. Uh, Sean, we don't even know what he signed. What we do know is that Hopkins has doubled down and said repeatedly that he did hear these ballots being backdated in Erie, Pennsylvania. This is an unbelievable story to me. Now, I want to set this up the right way here. Now, this is two whistleblowers you found in the Postal Service, Michigan and Pennsylvania. Now we have another Pennsylvania Postal Service worker whistleblower stepping forward with a story of political bias. I'll let you set it up. Well, this one is imminently to be released. It's being released any minute. And this is a a man uh, in the Philadelphia suburbs. Uh, who is saying that he overheard his boss uh, saying that all political mail for Biden should continue to be delivered, but mail, political mail for Trump will not be delivered. It will be undeliverable bulk business mail. And uh, this is pretty shocking stuff. This guy is speaking in the shadows, but he said that 30 people in his office overheard this order being given. So, Sean, we went out and talked to many of those folks. 
We've called the uh, postmaster, and this tape will go out any minute from now. So there's actually, Sean, three whistleblowers from Pennsylvania. Richard Hopkins is the only one that has gone public. There's another individual who, who, who corroborated that, that the ballots are being backdated. But the greater issue here is that all of the federal agencies tasked with actually uncovering the inspector general doing all the – all they do is cover it up and attack the whistleblower. They have no interest in, in getting the fraud. And this man, Richard Strasser, the investigator, has said that his job is to, quote, reel this back in before it gets crazy because we have senators involved, unquote. That's what he says. So he's not interested in exposing voter fraud. They don't want to find fraud. They want to reinforce the narrative that fraud is not possible. So this is really Orwellian. This is out of the George Orwell. So, no, I thought whistleblowers to were, to, even if you're a hearsay whistleblower, to be put on pedestals. Now, you've exclusive, exclusively now you've given some of this to us, and I'm going to hear it for the first time. Yes, it's literally being released as, as we I speak. speak. I'll send it to your producer here as I'm on the phone with you. It's being released right now. So we have a new whistleblower saying that they were told to only deliver Biden mail and treat it as first-class mail, and workers being asked that they were told to only deliver this. Uh, listen. You're, you're a letter carrier? Tell me what your boss told you on November 9th. We were told that the only political mail that will be delivered from now on will be um, that of the winner. Um, in this case, um, Joe Biden. Other political mail from other um, sources and senators will be put into the uh, undeliverable bulk business mail bin or EBDM. Why did Walter Lee instruct postal workers to discard Trump and Republican mail as undeliverable? Um, I'm not sure if that came from higher up above him. Did Walter Lee tell you to keep delivering Biden mail? Oh, all um, political mail um, for Biden was to be continued to be treated as first class and delivered the day as received. What happens to the undeliverable bulk business mail? Um, I believe it goes back to the plant, but you need, uh, undeliverable bulk business mail is it, essentially it's a step away from the garbage. Do you think that the United States Postal Service should be playing politics? No, I think that we're a delivery service, and that's not really our place. It seems to be that once um, they decided that um, there was a victor in the election, it was like, well, we're not, we're not doing anything else with that. Would there have been anybody else that would have overheard this, possibly? That was Monday of this week. And how many people work in, and how many people are we talking about who overheard this? Well, uh, close to 30. If required, would you be willing to, if it came to it, would you testify under oath that this information is true? Yes, if, if I was required to go under oath, I would. Yeah, it takes a lot of courage to come forward like this in the way that you're doing it. What compelled you to do that? Basically, the only thing that's going to prevent, um, you know, fraudulent election, and et cetera, is people having the courage to come forward. Were you instructed by Walter Lee to discard Trump and Republican mail? Get that camera away from me right now, all right, buddy? No, 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 no. I was curious. No, no. No I'm, comment. I'm depressed. Were you given those instructions by Walter you're, Lee? You're really harassing me. And if you keep following me, I'm going to call the police for harassing me. Uh, James O'Keefe, wow. Yes, this is this is this Elkins Park, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb of Philadelphia, and the man's voice was disguised there. But he, I looked at his badge. He is in fact working that office, and he says that uh, all political mail for Biden was to be continued. 
but Trump mail was not to be delivered, and that order was given uh, to him by his boss, and 30 of his colleagues overheard that order. He did say, Sean, that he is willing to go under oath if it came to it. Uh, and it and it very well may. So this is a, a thing where whistleblowers are coming public, and the entire press and all of our federal agencies are trying to intimidate both me, my organization, and our whistleblowers. Um, now, this guy that we just heard, and I know they're in the shadows, but you, you've verified who he is, and they know who he is. Um, it's You are right in saying that in under these circumstances, this political environment, this election, razor thin margins, uh, this then represents, you know, a real threat to people. And we've been hearing reports about that, especially with Richard Hopkins. What's an update on that? Well, he's, he's been he's been uh, he's been given death threats. He raised Richard Hopkins. You know, had no desire to go public. He's a Marine. He's a veteran. He's a father. He has a four year old daughter. He never asked to go public. We asked him to go public, and he he was very. He, I don't think these sorts of people. They're just people who live their lives and try to live a normal life. They don't they don't want the spotlight. They don't. They're just disgusted by what they're seeing. And he tentatively agreed to it, and now he's stuck in this storm. But he's gotten death threats, Sean. GoFundMe, he raised 130000 GoFundMe took his page down. So, and, then, and then the post office threatened him. His union is upset at him because they support Biden. So I think it takes a tremendous amount of courage to do this. And a lot of people are inspired by Richard Hopkins' example, including this Elkins Park whistleblower you just heard. Uh, saying that you know, they don't like shady stuff. They want it to be exposed. And uh, I believe, Sean, there's going to be a lot more people coming forward. Uh, it's just the problem is there's no place for them to go. There's no mechanism that will support them, with the exception of a few organizations, one of them being Project Veritas. Unbelievable stuff. Stay right there. We'll continue on the other side. Uh, James O'Keefe with us. Um, I think this, but can I ask one question before we go to break quick answer? Why, how did you get the tape of the interrogation of Richard Hopkins? Or am I not uh, allowed Hopkins, to ask that? No, you can ask. Richard Hopkins recorded it because we told him you know, they may retaliate against you. So be aware of that. And he made the decision to record those investigators putting pressure on him. And he told me, James, I felt like I got played. That's what he said about the interrogation. All right, more on the other side, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Listen, I want to tell you about my pillow at MyPillow.com. Uh, look, tough days, right? A lot of stress. Everybody's worried about our country. You got the pandemic increasing. Although Dr. Fauci, interestingly, said that the COVID pandemic is almost over thanks to vaccine discoveries. All right, we continue more with uh, James O'Keefe, 800-941-SEAN. So you actually told Richard Hopkins, uh, yeah, the feds are looking into this. You better you better record this because you're going to need it. And he did do uh, it. We didn't tell him to record the federal agents. We, were, we told him to record if he was retaliated by his post office because, Sean, when he went public, like an hour later, some incident from years ago they brought back up. It, was, looked, like, it looked like they were looking for a reason to retaliate against him. Now, that doesn't surprise you or your audience, but it is sad in our society how how uh, the exposure of the corruption is worse is a worse problem than the corruption itself, and we have to report the reaction. So he's on unpaid leave right now, Sean. USPS has sent him a letter saying don't show back up to work, and they're and they're upset at him for having a GoFundMe page. But of course, 
how are you supposed to feed your daughter and ha- have any money if you're if you're terminated from your job? Uh, Can you imagine if the hearsay whistleblower on the Ukraine issue and the phone call with Zelensky, where we only had one fact witness who said the president said he wants nothing, uh, that whistleblower were treated this way? No, I mean, this is skin in the game. The guy's going on the record, and I was attacked by CNN and Washington Post saying our sources. Sean, I have the recording of the two federal agents speaking with Richard. So would they say their sources... I mean, I don't know who these sources are, sock puppets, or where they get their information from, but I have the guy on the record in a chair saying what he saw, doubling down, losing his job, and I've got other people coming forward. So I think we just have to deal with the state of play in our country where uh, the only people that are going to solve the problems are the normal people with jobs like at the post office or in the government who are willing to have skin in the game and, and testify to what they see. This new person, Sean, from Elkins Park, who says that the USPS supervisor, Walter Lee, instructed him not to deliver Trump mail. This person is saying, I will go under oath to testify this is true. So that's news. That's important. And I'm sure there's many other people that will come forward to Veritas Tips at ProtonMail.com, inspired by both Richard and this Elkins Park whistleblower. I don't know. I mean, if they're going to intimidate this guy and then put him off, you know, work without pay. And, you, you know, I'm listening to this inspector general who apparently they tried to clean his Twitter account that was anti-Trump. Yes, he was anti-Trump. He was very, well, we captured very captured him all? Yes, he, I captured him. He deleted his account. <laughs> well, a little late now. His tweets exist in perpetuity. Uh, all right, James O'Keefe, thank you. When we come back, uh, we'll talk about integrities of ele- in elections with Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin. Straight ahead. All right, glad you're with us. 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this uh, extravaganza. Amazing uh, developments as it relates to this Dominion software issue in the Secretary of State of Texas's analysis 2019 is unbelievable. Uh, Anyway, Senator Ron Johnson, Wisconsin, is here with us after reports about this uh, Postal Service whistleblower Richard Hopkins and, of course, the alleged malfeasance, by the way, not the only one at an eerie Pennsylvania post office. Anyway, between that and details of observers, remember, all these states have laws. Okay, they're election laws. Okay, it's in the text of the law that people, that partisan observers have a right to watch the entire process. And states like Wisconsin and Michigan, they even open it up to the entire public to see. Although partisan observers have the, you know, obviously a closer look. Um, Anyway, here are details that emerge from observers being prevented from doing what they're legally allowed to do. Listen. An official came out uh, who was kind and asked us to sign documents, and a few moments later we were asked to leave. Well, I find that ironic we were asked to leave within 10 to 12 minutes when they said they had an hour and a half kind of left to do. We're further away than I am from you all here, um, hundreds, uh, at least 100 feet away from open ballots that go back out of our sight. We can't see them. We don't know what's happening to them. Um, it's just, uh, there's no way for us to meaningfully observe the process. They have refused to let us have meaningful, a meaningful view of the vote count. They have continued to count the votes. Because, because they have done nothing to help us, they are not letting every legal vote count. 
All right. That, I mean, these are people that are, by the way, and this is now what's happening in all of these important swing states, razor thin margins, is people are coming out. And by the way, they're signing all these affidavits. I don't know. If, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't sign an affidavit under the threat of perjury and going to jail for anything. Uh, you just don't do it unless you're a Democrat. You get away with everything. Anyway, Senator Ron Johnson is here with us. He's the uh, chairman of the U.S. Senate Committee Legislative Jurisdiction over the Postal Office. Um, this is now in two states, one Michigan, one in Pennsylvania. Um, your thoughts on all this? Well, first of all, it should surprise no one. We had a whistleblower come forward after the 2016 election, and uh, you know the Office of Special Counsel, the, the Office of Inspector General, have talked about systemic violations of the Hatch Act. You know, the Hillary Clinton campaign was just asking the, you know the postal workers union to give these people time off, and then the campaign would pay them to do campaign work. And again, that was judged to be a systemic violation of the Hatch Act being perpetrated since like the 1990s. So this really should surprise no one. And Sean, the question I would ask is, why wouldn't you let people observe the counting? You know, why, why, why are Democrats opposed to voter ID? You know, why do they want to push all this mail-in balloting, which is obviously more prone to fraud? I mean, the, the, the question is pretty obvious, isn't, isn't it? You know, why, why didn't Vice President Biden come out immediately on election night and say, I, I want all of, all of Democrat-controlled polling places, I want them to let Republican observers observe the vote so the American people have confidence that this is a legitimate election. He didn't do that, did he? The, the answer, there's only one answer, is they want to commit fraud. They want to be able to get away with it. And it's, it's pretty hard to catch it when you can't observe it. You know, and, and what I don't understand here, and I think I was the first to bring up all of the different laws in all of the different states. And I'll be honest, even your state, I, did, I didn't know that it was a statutory requirement that pr- partisan observers have the right from start to finish to watch the counting of the ballots. Now, you know, some people might say, all right, well, uh, you can't see anything from 100 feet away. You can't see anything from 20 feet away. And Okay, if we need social social distancing protocols, I'm fine with that. But they that consideration should have been made because you can't see anything from six feet away. Maybe you have X-ray vision. I don't know, Senator. I can't. No, I think what we'll see is just systemic violations of election law that courts, you know, state courts just kind of look the other way because they are you know populated by judges sometimes in Democratic districts that are Democrats and they're partisan. And so they look the other way, and they allow this to, that these hijinks to occur. And again, once the vote is cast, once the ballot is put in the pile, it's pretty hard to remedy the situation, which is why they continue to do it. So, but what drives me nuts is the mainstream media. Oh, there's, there's no evidence of fraud. There's all kinds of evidence of, of fraud going back decades. The question is, is it significant enough to actually overturn the election? But again, if you get away with it and the ballots are put in there, it's very hard to remedy the situation, which is why, at a minimum, at a minimum, we've got to track down all these allegations. We need to investigate them. We need to audit them. And at a bare minimum, regardless of the result, we need to lobby hard for election reform to make sure that every vote is legitimate. You know, let's face it, we all want every legitimate vote to count, right? But Republicans, this is where we differ from Democrats. We want to make sure that every vote is legitimate. Democrats don't think that way. You see, the fact that now I know true the vote, some other groups, you know, have have picked up on this. Some of the lawsuits are now picking up on this. But the bottom line is, all right, what we have here and polls are showing this is you don't have a majority of, of people that have confidence in the results of the election. Now, that is a serious problem. For example, Senator, do you have confidence in the results of Ohio 
Do you have confidence in the results of Florida? I do. You know, we have some states still counting votes today. Okay, it is Thursday. The election was a week ago, Tuesday. And, you know, the fact that, you know, you can call a state of Florida, which, by the way, had its problems in 2016 and had its problems in 2000. But they fixed the problems and there's ways to do it. But I will tell you, the other thing is, why is it that I need a voter ID, a picture ID to get into a Democratic National Convention but Democrats are pushing no voter ID laws. Uh, it, I, I mean, uh, why would you not want to ensure that the the process that people can have confidence in at the end of the day? Because I don't really, you know, for the American people right now is that they believe that this election was unfair and it was unfair. They're not wrong in their characterization. And then now you've got to, quote, prove fraud. Well, I don't know. Affidavits are pretty compelling to me. Um, some of the comments about these voting machines scare me. You heard the report in Michigan. How do you ever get to the bottom of it? What, how do you remedy if observers couldn't observe when it actually mattered when the obs- when the counting was happening? You can't, you can't put that genie back in the bottle from my perspective, unless you have a better view. No. And the answer to your question is why, why wouldn't you do put all these controls in to get people confidence that the voting is, is accurate and it's legitimate It's because you want to cheat. And you want to get away with cheating. In Wisconsin, for example, you talked about voter ID. We have voter ID. But Democrats in, in, those, in Dane and Milwaukee County, they encourage people to, because of COVID, say that they're indefinitely confined. So there's a, there's a loophole in the law if you're indefinitely confined. That, that should be for handicapped people. You don't have to provide IDs. You, 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 you don't have to prove your ID. And you combine that with the fact that Democrats went to court repeatedly. They repeatedly lost. They finally found a judge that allowed it. So you got more than 200,000 uh, voters on our registration rolls that should have been removed. So you got a couple hundred thousand all of a sudden indefinitely confined individuals that don't have to show voter ID, and you got more than 200,000 uh, voters that shouldn't be on the voter rolls. I mean, you're just setting yourself up for fraud, and it is a very sad state of affairs, Sean. You're exactly right. When the American public, no matter who wins, the other half doesn't believe it's a legitimate election. That's a really sad state of affairs, and it's because of Democrats. It's, yeah. It is their fault. They're the ones who keep pushing the limit, keep looking to state courts to just change the laws rather than look to the state legislatures. And, of course, it's really galling when they accuse President Trump of being a sore loser when they never gave him a peaceful transition. They never viewed him as a legitimate uh, president. They, they tried to impeach him. They tried to engage in a coup. Uh, there was a sabotage against his administration from the day after the election. It's just galling to listen to Democrats now at President Trump. How are the people in Wisconsin? Because I look at Wisconsin as like salt of the earth. You know, this is the heart and soul of America. Hardworking people, great Americans, really the, the, what makes America great are its people. How are they reacting to all this? Well, first, first of all, let me just comment on the people that go to Trump rallies. I, I was privileged to go to a number of them in the last final weeks. The one characteristic that everybody at those Trump rallies has in common, except maybe the mainstream media in the back there, they love America. They love America. And in addition to that, they love Donald Trump. And so and they love the, and they love their Green Bay Packers, right? <laughs> For sure. They, they absolutely do. OK, but because they love America, because they love Donald Trump, when they see what the Democrats have tried to do, you know, how, how they're not making this transparent process, process, how they're pushing the envelope to make it easier for fraud, they're suspicious. And they have every, every right to be suspicious, particularly when Democrats, you know, Joe Biden sets up the office of president-elect. He's not president-elect. 
He's nothing. He has nothing to celebrate yet. We need to play this process out. The president has to be given every opportunity to track down these uh, irregularities, audit them. Uh, that's that is the way the system ought to work. You know, it's interesting. Even Jonathan Turley, I think, agrees with a lot of you, a, a lot of what you're saying. What do we do now? How do we handle this now um, as we go through this process? And if, for example, if you can't go back and, and get the observers to observe, uh, you got to go to the court to even, you know, statutory deadlines just randomly extended by a court, which is so unconstitutional. You don't have to be a, a Harvard Law School graduate to figure that out. Then you have to purge all these these, you know, voting rolls of dead people. A lot of dead people voted. Did you know that, Senator? A lot of dead people. Oh, oh yeah. Voter well, you know, ID. You know, Trump, you, yeah. you know what Trump supporters won't do? We won't take the streets and riot. You know, I think we all found out now why the storefronts in, in urban areas put plywood on their on in front of their glasses because it wasn't because of a Joe Biden win. Okay, so we won't do that. But what we will do is we will adhere to the, the rule of law. And the president should be given every opportunity to file lawsuits and let the courts decide. And if the courts decide that there's been illegal activity, if there are votes that are, you know, simply illegal, I know in Wisconsin what they do is they, if there's 60,000 illegal votes, they just pull 60,000 illegal votes out of the hopper and they throw them away. It, it seems like a pretty blunt instrument, but that is the actual the remedy. That is actually the remedy. And it's, we have case law. That's what they do. And I heard that there's something being investigated in terms of some illeg- illegality in Wisconsin. I think you know what I'm talking about. Is that real? I, I believe it is, yes. I mean, you, you've got, you've kind of got to let the, the legal issue ripen before you can claim it. But, uh, yeah, I, I think there's some activity there. All right. Uh, Senator, we really appreciate you being with us. I know you've been working hard. Uh, I w- By the way... Um, I would like to see the investigations from the report that you and Senator Grassley put out go forward. I hope that happens as well. I'm very tenacious, Sean. I think the American people deserve the truth. I'm dedicated to uncovering it and revealing it. All right, Senator, uh, we appreciate it. Senator Ron Johnson, the great state of Wisconsin, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the uh, program. All right, let's grab a quick call here. I know so many of you feel so furious about this. We'll go to Pennsylvania. Laura standing by. Laura, hi. How are you? Glad you called. I'm all right, Sean. How are you doing? Um, I'm disappointed, angry. I got a lot of feelings in my <laughs> running through my right. body. At all. Uh, emotions running the gamut here, but, you know, also very committed to getting to the truth. Exactly. And that's why I wanted to tell your listeners today that, you know, they need to understand that they can call their state congressman. We don't have to take this lying down. Electoral votes don't get assigned unless the state legislature decides to assign them. If there, it's been found that there's fraud, then we should insist that our electoral votes do not get assigned and that they do one of two things. They can either use the vote end of Election Day on Tuesday, or we can have a special one-day in-person vote with ID to fix this. There is no reason that anybody who has been found to have either violated election laws or used fraudulent activity should benefit from it. So we can still fix this, and I I would like to see something happen. Listen, if we want to fix it, we can fix it. You know how we know, uh, Laura, because people in other states, they got a perfectly, they did the whole process perfectly. We're the United States of America. We set our mind to it. We can do it in an organized fashion that people will have integrity in the results and confidence in the results, and we don't have to drag the country through this. By the way, a lot of the, this is what the Democrats have wanted. Senator Johnson was right. 
Quick break. We'll come back. News Roundup Information Overload Hour. We're going to talk about how a guy that predicted the left would do all of this. Interesting. Next, as we continue. Right here for our final News Roundup and Information Overload. All right, News Roundup Information Overload Hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. You know, we keep getting back to the issue of how is it states can do it so perfectly and then others, you got a lot of chaos. You know, how, how is it a candidate gets to hide in the basement in what is the media candidate protection program, no hard questions, and then get away with it? And big tech companies, well, they just decide what news you can even read yourself uh, and make a decision. I guess we're too dumb to figure it out in their minds. Anyway, you know, it's really fascinating. I I keep going back. It is a stunning report and beatdown of this this software program that we have spent so much time talking about. And it's, it's really shocking. Dominion Software and the report by the Texas Secretary of State about why Texas rejected it, not once, but twice, 2013 and 2019. The 2019 report by the Secretary of State is devastating. And now it's being used in 28 states. It's pretty unbelievable. Um, and anyway, so we uh, have with us to go through a lot of these different issues, questions that we all have and, and coming up. Actually, long before people fully, completely understood the power, the influence and the reach of these big tech companies. And now we know that they were the biggest campaign contributors to all things radical, democratic, socialist and Biden. Uh, Anyway, a guy by the name of Eric Eggers had figured it all out. He also figured out, well, before the election, he wrote a book, Fraud, How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election. And he's been working with many other people investigating election, mass fraud, et cetera, et cetera. Just we just had Ron Johnson on saying, yeah, they it's always the Democrats. They want this. They don't want voter ID. They want all this mail in balloting. They want all this chaos. John Punder is with us. He's the president of Take Back, uh, the Take Back Action Fund. And he knows a lot about this Dominion software and how it works. We saw the problem. Laura Cox was on this program from Michigan. We're going to get to these guys in just a second, but I want to play and remind you what Laura Cox had to say about it. Then I want to remind you what the Pennsylvania Secretary of State, who hates Donald Trump, said about uh, the postmarked or not anything that arrived yesterday as a valid vote, vote, but yet we know what the court there did. And then, of course, the details emerging of, of observers as a matter of law, statutory you know, compliance were not allowed to to do their job and election laws were violated all over the place. Listen. If all this wasn't enough, in Antrim County, ballots were counted for Democrats that were meant for Republicans, causing a 6,000 vote swing against our candidates. The county clerk came forward and said, tabulating software glitched and caused a miscalculation of the votes. Since then, we have now discovered that 47 counties use this same software in the same capacity. Antrim County had to hand count all of the ballots, and these counties that use this software need to closely examine their results for similar discrepancies. The people of Michigan deserve a transparent and open process. There were 682,479 ballots counted in Philadelphia, in Allegheny County, 
that there were no poll, poll watchers allowed to watch. It's the job of the media to ask the question why, because all we are asking for is truth, transparency, and sunlight here. That is all we are asking for. And sadly, we are asking the questions many of you should. Keeps raising this point about how ballots that arrived yesterday that can still be counted may not have a you know a legible postmark on them, and raising questions about whether or not they should be counted or not. And I was he said it's because of the prepaid envelopes that the state provided. I was wondering if you could speak to that. Sure. So I'm not sure he may be confusing. So anything that arrived yesterday, it doesn't matter whether it's postmarked or not. Anything that arrived yesterday is a valid vote. That's what Pennsylvania law has always been, right? It needs, so talking about the late arriving ballots. So the postmark, first of all, the way we did prepaid postage in Pennsylvania is we went to the counties where they are. So if they wanted it to be through their business reply mail, uh, USPS permit, we did it that way. If they wanted to literally have us reimburse them for stamps or metered postage, we did it however they want. So some of them are not even, and I don't remember how many, but we could get you that information, how many counties are using business reply mail. But those are still postmarked. They have timing marks. They are date stamped. They are still trackable by date. So it's a tiny fraction of any of those things, whether it's business reply mail or regular mail. I mean, we've all had that situation where you get a letter and it's not postmarked. It's rare, right? Same for business reply mail they do what's called a timing mark so that's just it's not accurate they're all stamped An official came out uh, who was kind and access to sign documents and a few moments later we were asked to leave well I find that ironic we were asked to leave within 10 to 12 minutes when they said they had an hour and a half to kind of left to do we're further away than I am from you all here um, hundreds uh, at least a hundred feet away from open ballots that go back out of our sight we can't see them we don't know what's happening to them. Um, it's just, uh, there's no way for us to meaningfully observe the process. They have refused to let us have meaningful a meaningful view of the vote count. They have continued to count the votes. Because, because they have done nothing to help us, they are not letting every legal vote count. Wow. Unbelievable. Anyway, Eric Eggers joins us now, and John Pudder uh, joins us. Uh, thank you both for being with us. Uh, John, I want to start with you, and I want to start with this Dominion software. As Senator Cruz said, we, we saw the problem in Michigan. You just heard Laura Cox give her testimony. I read earlier in the program the report from the Secretary of State of Texas. Uh, when they tested it, it was an unmitigated, appalling disaster, and they rejected it as a system to be used as for counting votes in Texas. Your thoughts? Well, your your listeners don't need to understand the technical details on Dominion. What you need to understand is, like any program, this is a bunch of ones and zeros that either intentionally or either accidentally can have a glitch, like any program. I hate to say falling short in Georgia may have been a blessing in disguise because what you have to have in these situations is a manual recount. Every recount in history has kept the vote within a few hundred votes. Now, if they manually count all these ballots in Georgia and it's basically the same vote, then it looks like the glitch didn't change things. But if it's 10,000 off, 20,000 off, you know, enough to really change it there, you really have to put the pressure then back on everyone else who used this system and saying, this is more than your normal little glitches on election day of a few votes here and there. 
Unbelievable. Uh, um, by the way, Eric Eggers also is with uh, Peter Schweitzer's group, Government Accountability Institute, and he's the director of research. Um, all right. Now, I got to give you some props here because you called out big tech and the danger that they pose in terms of an information crisis long before what led up to this vote in 2020. Congratulations. And when did you write this book, uh, Fraud, How the Left Plans to Steal the Next Election? Yeah, thank you, Sean. Uh, I started working on the book Fraud back in 2017 in both the book and the film The Creepy Line, which talked about the influence and power of Google and Facebook and the ways in which they may manipulate electoral outcomes. They both came out in 2018. So, yeah, I'm sad that the two of the projects I've worked on in the past few years seem to have culminated in a very real way and a very potentially damaging way for our By the way, 2018, that was the year that Secret Empires was written by Peter Schweitzer. I mean, we stay busy at the Government Accountability Institute, Sean. But yeah, it's, uh, it was a big year for all of us. Uh, but I think the key thing that we're now seeing is this interesting convergence of the, the systemic vulnerabilities in our election systems. And John's touching on, I think, maybe a remedy of some of these hand recounts help lead us that way with the Dominion software problems. But the other thing, too, and this is so big, because everything that you're raising, every audio clip that you played that your audience has heard, these are all real credible people raising concerns that demand answers. And one of the things that I explored in the film Creepy Line that I think is so important now, remember, we were all conditioned leading up to Election Day. We all saw that the tags and the banners that say it may take several days for the votes to be counted. This means that the system is working exactly as it's supposed to. We all saw that on many social media sites. How come now we are now being told, like any time anyone raises an allegation of voter fraud, despite the many credible allegations and instances that have been documented, how come they're getting the total censorship and deletion by these social media sites when I think American democracy demands no less than the very hard questions that are being raised be answered in the court of law? That's what American stands for. That's how American democracy is supposed to work. And, uh, you know, hopefully we have a chance to get a full vetting of the process. So you spent a year and a half, you know, researching your book and saying that, yeah, this is what the left wants to do. We see the distinction and the difference. Some states are still counting votes. Uh, here it is, what, nine days after the election day. Others could call up, you know, within an hour after the polls close. And we obviously have a lot of problems and, and we can start in a lot of different ways. Voter ID is certainly one of the mail-in ballots is a huge problem. I don't like the fact that people can vote a month or five weeks, six weeks ahead of time. And, you know, all the events that that might influence one's vote haven't happened yet. That bothers me. So what are the, if we want to stop this, how do we do it? And and where do you go with this mess from here? It's a great question. And I think that you having Senator Johnson on to talk about how it's always one political party that's fighting against any common sense measure of improving election integrity, right? Only one party fights against the implementation of voter ID, even though you need an ID to perform almost any basic civic function in this country, including, ironically, attending the Democratic National Committee convention in 2016. It's only one political party that fights against the removal of illegal, dead, or you know, no longer valid voters from voter rolls. And so one of the things that I found, and I think this is what the other people you've had on have so correctly pointed out, 
is only one party has consistently supported the conditions in which fraud has been proven to thrive, not the least of which, unfortunately, is absentee or mail-in balloting. Even the New York Times has acknowledged that when you have a massive increase in mail-in balloting, that's the one form of voting that's the most susceptible to fraud. So where do we go from here? We have common sense standards that include voter ID, vote signature verification, and common sense reforms, including what the deadlines will be if we're going to continue to see an increase in absentee or mail-in balloting, hard and firm and strictly enforced deadlines on when you can turn them in and what the thresholds are, because we consistently see this fight to have the goalposts moved after the game has started. And I think, unfortunately, that's consistent with what we're seeing now. John, let's go back to this software, Dominion, and and what you know about it. You're an expert at it. By the way, I can barely download an app. But after I saw what happened in Michigan, and then I read justthenews.com, uh, our friend John Solomon, it was used in 28 states. Then I read the Secretary of State of Texas's 2019 report, why they rejected this. I am blown away that any state was even allowed to use it. Well, and the hypocrisy on the left on this, uh, we were lobbying on unrelated legislation in Georgia last year, and the left was complaining about this being put in. They were complaining the whole year about the machines, the software, everything else. It was open to fraud. So for them now to sort of dismiss why you would be doing recounts in these states, I mean, they were raising alarm bells, not to the degree Eric did, it's a comprehensive report, but this was a steady drumbeat. And on top of that, let's not uh, forget, the left has been complaining for four years that they were worried about votes being electronically flipped. Now, of course, they always said they thought it was the Russians because everything's the Russians. It's bad out there. But nonetheless, and remember, Jill Stein led an effort and made them do hand recounts just on other systems in Michigan and Wisconsin. She was sure that Trump had stolen 2016, couldn't fathom that he'd won the upper Midwest. So the left has gone from demanding recounts, which, by the way, those recounts prove that Trump's election was absolutely valid. But why is there this resistance to doing the exact same thing that was done to Trump? Just to verify and know he was a legitimate president. I would think if I were a Biden supporter, I'd want to know he was a legitimate president. Well, that's what. Yeah. okay. obviously, that's not the case. As long as they win. That's all they care about. Just like on Russia, the double standard was flagrant. Just like on Ukraine, the double standard was flagrant. They don't care. It was it's all power. It's all corruption. Uh, It's sad. I mean, you know, the greatest country in the world and we're allowing this to happen. It's unconscionable. All of the chaos that we're seeing in all of these swing states is not by accident. There's one party that doesn't want voter ID. There's one party that doesn't want to purge the voting rolls. There's one party that wants, you know, massive mail-in balloting because it sows the most confusion. And as our friends here, uh, Eric Eggers, was saying that, yeah, even the New York Times recognized mail-in ballots lend itself uh, to more uh, fraud potential. It's just obvious. But why do they want it? Why were they pushing for it? Why were they denying funds before the first COVID-19 relief bill that were desperately needed to fight for this and I mean, they were willing to die on that hill. That's that's how much they were all in on all of this. We'll also have an update on these voting machine systems. 
a brutal takedown by the Secretary of State in Texas. I'll revisit what I had led the show with today and much more. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free uh, telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. And don't forget, set your DVR, Hannity. we got a great show tonight, 9 Eastern, examining news you won't get from the mob. We're different. We're going to do what we always do. We're going to get to the truth. We weren't wrong on Russia, and we weren't wrong on Ukraine, and we're not wrong on this either. Quick break. Right back. We'll continue. All right, as we continue, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. If you uh, want to be a part of the program, we'll get a couple of calls. And I just want to spend an extra couple of minutes with Eric Eggers and John Pudner. And, uh, boy, they predicted a lot of what happened in this election. But I want to go back, and this is November 4th, by the way, 2019, a year ago, before Election Day. And they went through how in October of last year, 2019, the examiners appointed by the Treasury, the Texas Secretary of State, the Texas Attorney General examined Democracy Suite 5.5A, a voting system presented by Dominion Voting Systems for certification in Texas. They followed that the, the following hard drive software components were examined in the office of the Secretary of State. Anyway, then they outlined their results. And just to give you a background, Dominion Voting Systems previously sought certification in 2013, I believe. The installation failed multiple times. As a result, the system needed to be fully wiped, required a full reinstallation of all EMS software, including the Windows operating system. The installation failed again on the first attempt after the full reinstallation, but succeeded on the second attempt. Before the beginning of the vendor presentation on the second day of the exam, I conducted the accessibility testing and tested the visually impaired functions and the SIP and puff controller and the uh, paddle controller. The system performed well during the accessibility testing and presented no issues. On the second day of the exam, the vendor provided a presentation of the software and updates involving the current version of Democracy Suite. And the vendor noted that the only difference between Democracy Suite 5.5 and 5.5A was an update to the instruction relating to straight party voting on on the system. No other changes have been made. Anyway, analysis. The standards for a voting system in Texas are outlined in Texas Election Code Chapter 122. Specifically, the system may only be certified for use in Texas if it satisfies each of an enumerated list of requirements contained in the Texas Election Code because the system does not satisfy each of those requirements. I would recommend recommend against certification of the system. And they go into even more details, as I've discussed earlier. When you hear that, John Pudner, and that's last year, a year ago, and 28 states use this, does that raise alarm bells in your mind? Well, it does. And I had talked to Secretary of State and other states that were concerned about the system. And I, I know your listeners would probably rather talk about kind of the voter ID and mail-in, but the reason we're locked in on this is the only thing that can change the kind of votes you're talking about to really challenge an election is an electronic system that allows the flipping of votes. That's the key. That is the only thing that could potentially be undone if hand counts don't match electronic. And it just doesn't seem like these safeguards were in place. It seems like the system was left uh, was left vulnerable. And, and, and look, we were critical of mailing ballots to everyone in Nevada and, and things like that. The problem at this stage is those envelopes that could prove you had invalid signatures, et cetera, are now separated from the ballots. 
it's very hard to undo that. Even if you arrested three people, hypothetically, who were filling out ballots and cramming them in and fake names and all, at this point, those envelopes just aren't with the ballots. You, you can't prove it and take those votes off. That's why, while it's so much more technical, I know, why you have to lock in and why the electronic potential glitches are the ones that could have moved massive votes. And, and again, if the hand count comes out the same in Georgia, it's pretty tough to pursue the case otherwise. But if not, that's why this hand count is so important. We had to have one. Let me go back to you, Eric Eggers, and you hear this and you see this and you understand. And again, then we can also bring up the issue of, okay, we know the disaster. New York Times recognizes mail-in balloting, yes, is right for fraud. Well, that ought to, if you're a liberal, that ought to concern you. They don't care as long as you get the result. They didn't care about... Russian election interference and the dirty Russian dossier or spying on a candidate and a president using the dirty, unverifiable, phony dossier to spy on then candidate and President Trump. They didn't care about Joe and the quid pro quo with Ukraine. So it's not the issue. They don't care as long as they get the result they want. But that's what we've seen for the last five years. Thoughts to your point and to John's point. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't on the national radar when after Georgia's primary, their secretary of state came out and said, hey, we identified a thousand double votes in the state of Georgia alone. And to John's point, this is why this is so insidious, because it's now impossible, even if you've identified the people that have cast more than one ballot, you can't ask them. It's illegal to ask them who they voted for and then filter it out that way, right? The secrecy of the ballot still carries the day. So we have a lot of issues, and I think obviously we would all support the idea that a key tenet of American democracy is the secret ballot process. But let's not, let's recognize the position that sort of puts us in when it comes to, as John pointed out, doing the very hard work of now trying to investigate and authenticate that only legal votes are counted. And that's, again, why I think the process is playing out in Georgia, the potential processes that John I outlined that may happen in other states based on that outcome. But we need time. I mean, just because we deserve time, not because we're rooting for one outcome or another, we're rooting for the truth. We're rooting for accuracy. And so I think for anyone to suggest that this conversation actively undermines American democracy as every social media site with an article about this topic is doing right now, I would suggest that the opposite's true, right? I would suggest that rushing a conversation, rushing the process without ensuring that only legal ballots are cast and counted is actively undermining confidence in American democracy. We work as a country we, because we have tr- peaceful transitions of power, because whether we agree with it or not, people accept the accuracy of the outcome. It's important that we give time to make sure that the whole country agrees with the accuracy of the outcome this time around. Uh, I find the whole thing a little bit frustrating because there's no way, just based on the laws that we know, that uh, once, for example, observers were not allowed to observe as the statutory uh, requirement mandates uh, in many of these important states, at that point, you don't really know. I don't even really see a, a remedy except the revote, which, by the way, what are the odds of that? Next to zero? Yeah, it's virtually impossible to do that unless you've identified more problems in terms of documented instances of double voting, documented instances of illegal immigrants being on the rolls. Of course, you have to do some real-time authentication and, and verification, which can be quite challenging, right? If you can find dead people, if you, you're going to have to find more problems on the voter rolls than you have as the margin of victory there. And given, I think, and John's correctly pointed this out, given some of the margins that we're seeing, you know, in terms of the low five figures, that historically has been a challenge to identify that level of fraud to be able to, to get or win a revote. But 
again, all the more reason why the lawyers are doing what they're doing. They're doing the investigation. They're doing the litigation. Well, and Lindsey Graham has said it, Eric. We'll never, well, Republicans will never win another election if we don't fix the underlying problems or, uh, you know, as I mean, they just won't. John, let me go back. Last question on this. You know, when you hear about Dominion and we saw the problem in Michigan, explain what happened there and why that hand count gets very interesting, at least to me, considering they had the same system, I believe, in Georgia, correct? Yes. And, and, you know, there are two sides to every story. I mean, sometimes you do on election night have someone misreport a figure and it's caught. So, of course, that's what their claiming happened. And that does happen sometimes. I don't want to dismiss it. But but the, the the problem in that count is unless you're going to let people go back, you know, you happen to notice one that's out of whack. It's obvious someone says there's no way Trump got this few votes here and Biden got this many. You go in, it's corrected. Oh, that was a reporting mistake. The, the problem is you're only seeing that obvious one. What if there are another 10 where the reporting was slightly off, uh, but it didn't rise to the level of jumping off the page at you? That's why you really need these hand counts. We all want to hear the results immediately, and that's where electronics help us and computers help us. But you really have to be able to go back and go through these hand counts. I wish they were doing them everywhere, but at least in Georgia, we now have a trial run that should point to whether or not these numbers were way off overall with Dominion. Yeah. Uh, Listen, appreciate you both being with us. Uh, I wish you both were wrong. Unfortunately, (laughs) both of you called it. It's sad, actually. It really is. We're the United States of America. We deserve every American deserves better. Anyway, thank you, Deborah in Ohio. Hey, Deborah, how are you? Glad you called. For having me. Hey, today I'm I'm hoping President Trump is listening right now because we're not going to stand by and let this happen. Please, President Trump, get out and do your rally, sir. Take control of this fake news media daily news feed. Biden is not our president. Thousands of people are waiting for you, and we will get that Trump train headed to any state you need us in. We need people to know where to go to file a complaint and have the courage to do this. You give them the courage to fight. You are our party. We need formal audits of any states that stop the counting early, only to have the week gone in hours overnight. We can't let the progress you have done in the last four years be erased. Please, President Trump, start your rallies and let our voice be heard. Only through your rallies do we get noticed. The Supreme Court is the law of the land. Let them see how many people are waiting and wanting their right and freedoms protected. Don't let up. We are not standing by and letting our rights be stolen. Please put your rally cap on. We're not done yet. Just like the song says, we're not going to take it anymore. We're here. And I hope that... 70, rally, 72 million strong. 72 million Americans deserve an answer. And, and the idea that they anybody would even question our... the. Our ability to ask what we now know are legitimate questions. They got the chaos they wanted. This is what they sought. This is what they planned for it. This is why they held up COVID relief money. And this is the end result. A lack of any integrity, faith, confidence in our elections. Now, put aside what the result is or isn't. If we don't get it right as a country, you don't really have a country. You don't, you know, we used to send election observers. How many countries did Jimmy Carter go to observe elections? We're the election observers coming to uh, our country to, to straighten things out here. Just sad to me. Uh, Chris in Ohio. Chris, you're next. Glad you called. Deborah, thank you. Sean, my friend, how are you? I'm good, sir. I'm disappointed, you yeah, know, I where we you. are. Frustrated. Yeah, yep. They're uh, actually talking about shutting Ohio down again. So uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. But 
Anyways, uh, I think I speak for the other 72 million people that voted for our President Trump. Uh, right now, we don't know what to do, uh, what we can do. And I'm just not feeling the love other than maybe six or seven senators out there or six or seven people out there in the Republican Party uh, that are trying to get our backs. Obviously, we hear Lindsey Graham and we're also hearing, uh, you know, Senator Rubio a little bit here and there and Ted Cruz. But, uh, Sean, right now we need your voice more than ever to kind of put a little pressure on these uh, Republican um, senators. Oh, oh, I'm putting pressure. Trust me. I'm not going to stop. Right. We, des- we deserve an answer because we've we got to get an answer if we love here. this country. I mean, if uh, we don't get this right, we're done. We are absolutely done. Our country is done. And for the people that didn't listen to what Chuck Schumer said, I mean, it's hands down. He's going to take he wants to take the country down. You know, he wants to take over the country. First, he screwed up. I don't know if a lot of people heard what Chuck Schumer said. We want to take over the world. I mean, he yep. said that. And then he corrected himself with America. Um, you know, so I listen. Mean, this, remember this, what he uh, said. Everything is on the table. That should scare you. Chris, good call. I got to get in quickly, though, uh, from Chris of Michigan. Chris, what's going on? Hey, Sean, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. What's going on? You have a company called Dominion? We have a company in Grand Rapids, Michigan, called Dominion Systems. Uh, we're an HR and payroll provider. Okay, uh, you're not the Dominion that people are talking about. Uh-oh. We are not the Dominion people are talking about, but Twitter and a lot of our social media channels uh, don't know that. And we are getting a lot of uh, concerning uh, emails, threats, calls, and things like that. We really just want to set the record straight. We are not a vote-counting company. And uh, Can we help you, maybe? Uh, Linda, would you be willing to put out a Because I don't have access to anything. They, yeah, here you go. Me. Stop calling them. They're not Dominion Voting Systems. I got that, Please but maybe stop. we could put out a tweet to tell people that. And yes, give I will. Them a little support. I will give you all the support you need. Yeah, We'd I'm sorry, Chris. I, uh, no, I appreciate it. We just want to protect our employees. So anything that can be done. We're not trying to get notoriety. We're just trying to keep our people safe. Yeah, no, which, by the way, every American deserves, right? Uh, anyway, uh, God bless you. Good luck with your business. Uh, and uh, we'll put we'll put out a tweet and some social media stuff, see if we can't help you, okay? Watch, Sean. Take care. Yeah, by the way, Re- Republicans, you know, Joe Biden, projected winner by the mob. Oh, then all of a sudden, oh, we can take down all of the boarded up, uh, you know, Rodeo Drive, New York City, you know, plywood they put up. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, Fox News. We have multiple investigative reports. We're going to break a lot of new ground tonight uh, on the software, on all the issues involving the whistleblowers that are being seemingly harassed. We'll get to that. We have some more, a lot more affidavits we'll share with you. Kaylee McEnany, Wrights Priebus, Matt Gates, Mike Huckabee, Ari Fleischer, Senator Tom Cotton, Candace Owens, Leo Terrell, 9 Eastern, Set Your DVR, Hannity, Fox News. Thanks for being with us back here tomorrow with news you won't get from the mob.